Hey friends, Daniel Schreiner here with the Disciple Hinson Podcast and this week's special guests are Willem and Carol Nell. They are supported or global workers of Hinson, have been for some time. Carol grew up in this church, you'll hear about that, and was sent out from Hinson 23 years ago. She met uh, Willem on the, the field there in Mozambique. And uh, just like we got to hear about the work of the gospel overseas with our new friend, Tommy. These are some old friends that you get to hear from today. So I hope you are encouraged to hear about Willem and Carol Nell's ministry in Mozambique. Willem, Carol Nell, welcome to the Disciple Hinson podcast. Uh, who are you guys? I'm Carol Nell. Um, Villain is my husband, and I'm here from here in Portland, and I grew up here at Hinson Church. So, Carol, you grew up here uh, from an early age, uh, going to the church. Who's the pastor? Um, who's one pastor you can remember from back in the day when you were a child or a teenager here at Hinson? Oh, golly. Well, I remember Pastor Baker because my mom also grew up with Pastor Baker, so we knew him even before he was here. Um, but yeah, he was a pastor during my high school years. And who are you related to, Carol, here at the church currently? Uh, Steve and Debbie Morgan and Mark and Sue Thiessen and Josh and Eric and Betts and, and Haley. And um, I guess that's it. Remington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Willem, who are you? Well, I'm the foreigner. So... Uh, Grew up in South Africa. What part of South Africa? Northern, northern parts. Uh, so north of Johannesburg. Okay. So lived all of my life on that side. And how did you two meet? We were both living and working in Mozambique. So it's kind of a long story how we met, but we, we were both already in ministry in Mozambique when we met. Okay. That's right. Um, well, let's, I mean, that just brings us right into your ministry. You guys have been serving in Mozambique uh, for the sake of the gospel for 23 slash 25 years. Yes. And uh, what made you, let's start with you, Carol. What made you want to go to Mozambique? So you're a Portland girl. Why Mozambique? And what was the impetus for, for moving over there? Well, growing up at Hinson, we're always about missions, so it didn't seem like a strange thing to be involved in missions. Um, so first I was in Somalia and then in Mozambique, and I was surprised to find out that missions organizations are really desperate for accountants, and I'm a CPA. So in Somalia, I was setting up accounting systems, and then in Mozambique, I initially went with a Christian organization to train their Mozambican accountants. And what was the ministry that you were serving with um, world, in Mozambique? World Relief. World Relief. Yeah. Okay. And then what was the story? And I, I guess, Willem, what, were you, what brought you to Mozambique from South Africa? I worked at a Bible school in, in South Africa, and we, since 95, we started taking our students to Mozambique for outreaches and became very aware of the spiritual need. The, here and there we saw small revivals and students wanted to come to the Bible school, but due to passports and visas and language, it, it was not possible. So it was actually a decision from the, the leadership at the Bible school to, 
to start another satellite campus in Mozambique to work in a different language and be closer to the people there. So that's how I ended up there. <laughs> so did you start out kind of as the man kind of starting up this new Bible school in Mozambique or did you go in a support role um, how, like, and then, and then connect the dots, how you guys met? Um, so I, I was sent out to start the work. So I headed up the work, um, initiating the work there. And between the Bible school and World Relief, we, we had a lot of common connections. Hmm. Uh, so we actually met through looking for one of those common connections <laughs> and we didn't find the person, but we, we but found, you found each other, <laughs> <laughs> got a better deal on the end. <laughs> and, and, uh, did you guys ever think that you would be 23, 25 years later that you guys would still be serving in Mozambique? No, I, no. I didn't think so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I went to Mozambique in 1998 with a one year commitment and then agreed to stay one more year. And that's just about the time that I met Willem. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So it was supposed to be a, a short term, do the training and, and move on. So have you spent uh, really like you've lived and been, been a resident of Mozambique, particular? I mean, basically your whole marriage? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same place. Yeah. Same place. Wow. Yeah. And what, what's the name of the Bible school? Volta a Biblia. Okay. So return, return to the Bible. Return to the Bible. And was that the initial school that you went over there, you know, to be a part of initiating that work? That's correct. Yeah. So same school. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and what's the purpose of like, what's the vision behind this Bible school? Like what, what are you guys trying to do? We, we train church leaders. Uh, so we quickly discovered that just due to the history of Mozambique, all evangelical missionaries were expelled from Mozambique, I think, in 1918. Hmm. And they were not allowed back in until 1965. And shortly after that came independence and a communist government that shut down all the churches again. And peace only came in 1992. So Mozambique has nearly, nearly a hundred years of very little to no evangelical voice. Hmm. So many churches, but no, no salvation, no, no Jesus in the church. So, uh, I think a big, a big part of our vision in training is, is to, to bring the focus back back to Christ and and the salvation in in the church. Uh, that's that's fantastic. You were telling the elders a few weeks ago about how a lot of the the pastors, the men who come for training, is it just men? No, men and women. Men and women who yeah. come for training at the Bible uh, school. Um, that they may not know Christ or they've, they're coming from a church that's, uh, has syncretism or the Zionist movement. We heard a little bit from a, a friend that you guys met Tommy about, uh, Zion, the Zionist movement there in South Africa in particular, but in all of the Southern part of Africa, talk a little bit about these kind of a typical student who's, who's coming to you guys for, for Bible training. So a typical student would would already be part of a church 
Okay. But since there's no membership requirements, someone to be a member of a church just need to stand up in church and say, I would like to be part of you. And everyone says, welcome. And you're a member. So that's exactly how we do membership here at Hinton. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that that informs a little bit on why it's possible for for people to be considered faithful members because mm -hmm. they come to church every Sunday, they give their offerings, um, they seem to be good people, and so they are sent for training, and uh, then we. Uh, just because of these difficulties, we started a, th a three-month course just to sort out foundational things first. Um, and most, I would, I would say 90% at least of, of students uh, come to know Christ for the first time during those three months. Uh, there are a few that that already has a testimony of, of salvation that would say afterwards, you know, now for the first time I, I fully understand what it means and and what I've committed to. Um, but that's a that's a, a a big part of of the work, and a big part of of even that clarification around Christ is is dealing with spirit bonds that people have grown up with that it's it's not the exception to the rule it is the rule that people have made covenants with spirits and have have been tied down parents will make a, a link with a spirit for a, a newborn baby so they are given to a spirit from when they're a baby they, they 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 start crying after a few days after they were born and then people say they cry for a name so how should you know which name they are crying for unless you consult the witch doctor and he consults the spirits and and uh, a covenant is made so okay. uh, that that's the rule for for most people it's really the exception if it didn't happen in that way that's fascinating. I, if we have time, I'd like to kind of come back to that to know a little bit what that looks like to unpack that or kind of undo uh, some of that that work. Um, so, some of these students are. Do you guys find yourself baptizing some of these students sometimes as they as they come to Christ, or is that not so much your role? It's it's not our role. Uh -huh. Since since we we do not want to compete with the local church, mm -hmm. we want to strengthen the local church hands. So. Uh, we 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 try to to create relationships with the leadership of the local church, and if someone has come to Christ, would encourage them to 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 baptize and 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 do do what is needed to uh, to confirm someone in in the fellowship. We will often have students who come bringing the things that tie them to spirits, so cords or cloths and we burn those, um, but not so much baptism. That's for the church to do. Are the churches ever surprised when the pastors come back and they say they need to be baptized? The pa like the pastor comes back from the training and he's like, hey, I got some, got some news for you guys. You need to baptize me. Or who's going to do this? <laughs> we, we had a, a Zionist bishop that, uh, that did the three-month course and, and came to Christ. 
and went back to his church and tried to bring in reforms to bring in the gospel and and faced tremendous resistance <laughs> imagine that yeah <laughs> so, so it's it's uh, yeah some sometimes things uh, pan out a little bit different than what you would have liked but yeah there's there's some some real struggles that some of them face hmm. of, often when someone comes back with a gospel message and it does not agree with his church's main message mm-hmm. uh, he will be put under tremendous pressure to conform to what they are doing or be be pushed out mm-hmm. so uh, there's there's the, the, it comes with a lot of conflict yeah yeah i can imagine we talked just briefly there about uh, a typical student who comes to you guys talk about a typical day for for you guys i'm sure that Every day is different and it holds its challenges. But what what are you guys doing for a lot of your time? What does your work look like? Carol, you want to begin? <laughs> yeah, it can be really very varied. So at the first light of day, I'm out the door with my large energetic dogs and we go for a long walk, which makes the day go better for everyone else. Um, get back just in time to get things ready at the house for staff meeting. The teachers, we meet together every morning before class. How many teachers? You know, it's kind of a hard question because we have teachers who come in to teach a a class. Um, We do things one at a time, so it's not, you know, from 9 to 10, you do this. It's a book of the Bible, and that's what you do for a couple of weeks till you finish it. So about eight eight full-time teachers and probably the same amount of part-time teachers. So there's teachers who will come in just to teach a, a class, but so they're there for two weeks or a month, but they're not permanent. Okay. So you set up for staff meeting? Have staff meeting, then, yeah, it can do a lot, a lot of things. I'm involved with the finances and the administration. So, I mean, things take time. A trip to the bank takes a couple of hours. Um, you doing that on foot? Often. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm in class with the adult students. The children of our students and teachers ask me to teach them English. Hmm. So sometimes I'm with the children and teenagers and we do English and Bible things. Um, yeah, a lot of running around and doing what needs to happen in a day. Okay. Okay. And, uh, what language are you speaking then to the students? I use more Portuguese. Portuguese. And with the English, since we're learning English, I speak to them in English. Mm-hmm. Um, so the local language is Songa. So greeting greeting people and things I need to do in the market, I do in Songa, but most of my teaching and things is in Portuguese or English. And is that the case for you too, Willem, in terms of the language of instruction? Uh, at at the school, we've we we switched over to to Tsonga as the as the main language for teaching. Um, so that's that's the language that I would use mostly in in the work. Um, staff meetings. I have a staff meeting with the workers that's in Tsonga and then a staff meeting with the teachers that's in Portuguese. And then <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my my language challenges are a little bit wider there. <laughs> I can imagine. My goodness. Anything to add for uh, kind of what a typical day looks like to, for you, Willem? We normally start together with morning devotions at, at five in the morning um, 
you and Carol or you and the students and teachers? Me and the teachers and the students. Uh-huh. Uh, during the three-month course, it's a little bit guided uh, devotions. Uh, once we get to a three-year group, we we just come together, but each one uh, does his own devotion. So by eight o'clock, our normal meetings are finished, and then I'm either in class or or in the office. Um, normally in the afternoons, we are either busy with discipleship groups or I do mechanical repairs on the vehicles. You're kind of the jack of many trades, or is that the right term? <laughs> You're a handyman. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have someone that, that does a lot of the building maintenance and so on. It's just uh, when it comes to engines and and things, I do not have a replacement yet. Okay. So that would be a good prayer request is uh, for someone to kind of take some of that work off your shoulders. Definitely. Okay. I Just in this time that we are here, uh, the, the cars that are standing are piling up. So. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and then late in the afternoon before dinner, we have family devotions. So mm. it's at least, well, one group is usually at our house if there's we divide up into smaller groups if there's more people, but that usually happens at our house. Okay. What what's uh, what's the climate like where where you guys are at? Kind of where in the country of Mozambique are you located? Um, you know what's what's it, what's life like? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Uh, we are still in the southern southern part of Mozambique, so about two hour drive north of the capital Maputo. Uh, weather is normally warm to hot to very hot. <laughs> we we normally have about three days of winter. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, what's it like right now? What do you think? They've been saying it's it's very hot, so they don't tell me numbers, but it's probably about a hundred degrees and very humid. Uh, and are you? And it's a, a rural area. Like, are there chickens? running around or is there even big buildings in, even in cities there's chickens <laughs> yeah that's true okay okay <laughs> stray dogs it's, yeah it's uh -huh. at the edge of a small town okay yeah okay yeah so we have a lot of chickens and geese and a lot of fruit trees and i i have a number of coffee trees just to maintain my habit good habits <laughs> <laughs> do you guys like living there yeah I, I I wonder about it in the summertime, but other mm -hmm. times I. <laughs> and it's summer there right now. It's summer there right now. Yeah. It's summer now. You know, yeah. every place has their good things and their bad things. So mm -hmm. yeah, but I I enjoy living there. Um, anything else uh, that you would like to mention about just the way that life is unique? or would be different from what we're used to here in the United States, the people living in Portland. I mean, it just must be hard to describe what living and working in your context is is like without someone coming to experience it. You've had some people from Hinson, uh, I mean, family has come and visited you guys, uh, Michael and John Piverenta. Have other people come and visited over the 20 something years that Hinson has supported you guys other than, than family and Michael and John? No. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, just, uh, just, is there any way that you can kind of help us understand this kind of unique work and place 
that pretty much all of us have never been to. Uh, it's it's a very different world. <laughs> mm-hmm. You talked earlier about the the spirits and things like that. Yeah, so the whole worldview, the way people think the world works, is totally different. Mm. Um, for example, our staff would become very upset if people from outside come in and take some of our fruit off the trees because they say if they use the fruit to make uh, a traditional beer that is bitter our our fruit on the trees will turn bitter it it in some way will influence our trees that's just how they believe the world works. That sounds like something from like Eastern religions or something, <laughs> but it's the, the, the principle is like produces like. Uh-huh. So if you want rain, you need to sacrifice a, 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 a black goat so that it can bring black clouds that will bring rain. So like, like produces like, and it, it can, it can work in, uh, apparently in reverse as well as we see with the fruit yeah it's, it's just very different mm-hmm. um, uh, people live in community so here people pride themselves in their independence they don't mm-hmm. they are they they try to live to not need to ask anything from anyone whereas there people really frown at someone who who never asks anything Hmm. so they show their interdependence by constantly just borrowing things from one another Hmm. Uh, money flour sugar whatever Uh, it's an expression of we we need one another and we are there for one another Uh, that's very different Uh, so it uh, and and people then feel as long as they are indebted to you you have a connection so they are not necessarily in a hurry to pay back their debt or because they 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 think they are maintaining a good relationship with you (laughs) so it's it's different there's something that we can learn from that here in the west though isn't there it is in in terms of how self-sufficient that we can be we can be and worse can be transactional in our relationships here in the west there's something there's something kind of beautiful about that. I mean, I'm sure it's it's not all good. It's I'm sure, but there's definitely something beautiful mm. uh, about caring caring for one another and expressing that care. Um, there's nothing of higher value for them than someone coming to visit, mm. and mm. then we feel bad because we can see they are borrowing money to go and buy food so that they can prepare a special meal for us but they would not have it any different because it's such a blessing to receive someone in your house hmm. that no expense is spared and hmm. and you see that in so many ways just the over the top way people give gifts more than what they really can afford um but just to to strengthen this relationships and community uh, mm-hmm. So very different, and they, they definitely there's something beautiful to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Carol, anything to add just about life over there? You don't need to, but 
Yeah, it's just community, looking mm. for the good of the community rather than the good of the individual. Mm-hmm. So people are very hospitable, very friendly. Mm. People aren't always friendly. You guys have uh, experienced some trials in the last couple of years. You want to speak to those? Um, I don't think that has to do with people not being friendly. I think it has everything to do with evil mm-hmm. and um we are we are just living in a difficult time mm-hmm. there's there's been quite a bit of conflict uh and and uh, a, a military conflict over the, the last couple of years and it definitely makes its mark on the community uh when people experience that not even the government keeps to the rules people tend to feel why should we so we are definitely seeing an increase in just criminality um and it's it's i don't think it takes it takes away any of the friendliness of the people it it just adds a little layer of of pressure an extra thing to to think about and be aware of uh, you, you guys you and some students were arrested uh was that a couple years ago or just a year, just last year. Three years ago, I think. Um, that was. Uh, we were. We took our students to a to an unreached people group, a Muslim people group, mm-hmm. and I think someone in the community uh, just used the opportunity to to get at those Christians <laughs> and accused us of being part of the insurrection and uh, whipping up the community and so on and so on. So, uh, and unfortunately the, the, the law there is you are, you are guilty until you can prove your innocence. So it just took some time to, to resolve the issue. So were you in prison, Bill? Um, or just unable to leave. I we we were just in custody for uh, for a, a a couple of days, three three days, and then uh, and then it 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 took a uh, it took the best part of a week before we could return to the village where we where we were and so on. Okay. So the, the part of part of those trials are you don't there's a normal system. And initially we were not in that normal system. And then no one knows where you are. Uh, everything becomes very uncertain if uh, if you are kept in the bush and in, in ruins. And uh, mm. But yeah, God, God worked in mysterious ways to, to get us out of the, the predicament and mm. at least into the normal system. Uh, that must have been so hard for you, Carol, being you know, not knowing what was going to happen uh, for a few days there. And were you guys able to communicate during that time? Initially, we, we were. Okay. After a while, the police took their phones away. Okay. And since I know the ways of Mozambique and all the corruption, yeah. I mean, you kind of wonder, is it just a process you have to work through or mm. are they really in danger? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was concerned, mm-hmm. um, but I maybe other people were, were more concerned because they don't know what life is like there. You, you talked about how, um, speaking of trials, 
uh, how, how friendly and communal life is. And you were saying to the elders that you guys, you know, don't really lock your doors. You don't have a, um, you're not concerned about safety or physical safety necessarily. But within this last year, there was an attack in your, in a family who, who you guys were doing life with was, was attacked. How are they doing? They, they are doing, they are doing okay. No, um, no one, no one was killed. No. No one yeah. was killed. It took um, it took them the best part of three or four months to to become strong enough again to to return to work. And even then, uh, I I think they uh, I think health wise they really took a knock and. Um, and unfortunately, it, it, it puts a lot of relationships under a lot of strain. Mm. And we had to take all sorts of measures to at least let the, let the people at the school feel safer. Um, mm. I guess one, one positive thing that came out of that is we uh, bit the bullet to, to, uh, to buy a, a a solar system that can give us 24-hour electricity. Um, so we have lights at night. Hmm. So at least we have lights at night. Uh, uh, we, a lot of our our things became a little bit more normal with the new system. And once once we decided to do that, God has really provided in in amazing ways for even for the cost of of that system. So uh, it's hard to say that's good that came out of the the bad, mm-hmm. um, but it 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 definitely I think made us a lot more aware of of exactly how dependent we are on God. It's our place is big. It's just impossible to to secure the place and prevent people from coming in. It's just not it's it's just not possible. Um, but it's it's good it's good for for our our dependence on God. Mm. What are some things that encourage you guys these days in ministry and in life? I think the in the COVID times, since life became a little bit slower, less less pressures, um, we we couldn't go out as we normally do, and so on. So we had simply more time for discipleship uh, with with our teachers uh, with the staff so uh, we we read a nine marks book book together we we did uh, the first principles of Simeon trust together so those things were really encouraging just because it 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 gave us an excellent opportunity for discipleship for sitting and discussing with one another and working through things i think that was uh, an extremely positive experience anything to add carol about ways that you're encouraged in the ministry i can just see over the years as students go back to their churches and um, continue sharing Christ and the changes you see in the churches. I think also with these children who are now teenagers who are studying English, 
Some of them are graduating high school now and hoping to study to become English teachers. Hmm. And in a school system where there's so much corruption, if you can have Christian teachers, that will be really a big blessing. Hmm. That's very encouraging. Um, what ways has this congregation over the years been an encouragement or even, you know, currently uh, in this season of ministry, been an, a help and an encouragement to you guys in the work? What should we keep on doing as a church to support <laughs> your work? We we have been really blessed just by uh, the things that you have been doing as a church. I think even before Michael came uh, with the adult Sunday school classes, we experienced something here that uh, I simply went back and sh shared with the teachers and the sta uh, staff what what tremendous blessing for for maturity and and for spiritual growth I saw in 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 the adult Sunday school classes and within a few weeks I discovered that nearly all of them started adult, adult Sunday school classes in their churches uh, mm. with nine marks uh, that you are very focused on uh, that something exposure that we got here and we went back and started going through the the, the nine marks in, in yearly seminars and it has been a tremendous encouragement for the local church just to say, you know, for the first time we can actually measure ourselves to see how faithful we are to the gospel. Hmm. And um, it, it created a lot of energy to, to push forward and to, to be more faithful to, to Christ and to God's word. So that, that has been a, a tremendous blessing to us. And uh, now with COVID, when the Simeon Trust groups were, went online, I could, I could participate. And, uh, How early are you getting up in the morning or in the middle of the night to do these, uh, these Zoom calls with guys from Henson? It's, if it's not daylight savings time, I think it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Wow, that's and, commitment. And if you change your time, it's 1 o'clock. So 2 o'clock I can still do, but 1 o'clock becomes uncomfortable. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope you're not doing it in a window and fall like Eutychus. Um, anything to add, Carol, about ways that, I mean, this is Henson's your, your home church. You grew up here. Ways that Henson has encouraged you uh, in your ministry. Well, I guess, like I said before, even just being there, um, being part of missions is just a normal mm. thing to do. Mm. That's great. How would you, what encouragement or advice would you guys give to uh, people who are interested in serving uh, overseas for the sake of the gospel? Um, you guys have been doing at it for quite some time. So what, what, any wisdom, any just practical things or just more, more things to be thinking about? We've been considering just the, the importance to be connected to a, a healthy church back home because I think we are able to endure a lot of unhealthiness on that side in the churches just because Yinsen uh, is here and we can listen to the sermons. Uh, we can be encouraged and strengthened by what you are doing and what we see when we come back. 
that's a tremendous encouragement. So having having strong relations in in a church in a sending church, I think uh, you do not often see see the value of that until you move out and are faced with all sorts of difficulties and uh, less than ideal situations and teachings in churches. Because our you, you always think, oh, we are going to go out and we are going to have a church and it's going to be so wonderful and everyone's going to come to Christ and, and uh, grow spiritually and it, it's just going to be great. And then you get there and it's... <laughs> maybe, maybe not quite that. <laughs> it's not quite that. So, yeah. so I, I think making, making sure that you have a solid church behind you as you go out, mm. I think has, has for us really been a, a lifeline mm. uh, to, to keep us motivated and to keep us focused. Uh, we, we see so many people who, who simply lose their focus just because of difficulties and, uh, and disappointments. Mm. And uh, you, you slowly lose lose focus and lose strength lose strength until you just go with the flow so uh this this outside uh motivation and and encouragement i think is a an often overlooked thing uh and i think totally apart from financial support this is really being a spiritual house where you can be strengthened and encouraged. Mm. I, uh, we, we really experienced the, the blessing of that. And I think for someone, someone who goes out, he's focusing on what he will do and he's preparing for, for, for a life on that side. And I think it's often overlooked how important these relationships and, and, and biblical encouragement is from, from a, a church, a sending church. Mm-hmm. That's good. Anything that you would add, Carol? Um, this is, I didn't prepare you guys for this question. What is your favorite uh, missionary, like book on missions or missionary biography? One of your favorites, one that comes to mind. I I read a, 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 a book many years ago uh, of uh, A. A. Lowe of Morgenstern. So it's it's one of the it's it's someone that went out from South Africa into what is now Zimbabwe, uh, translated the Bible into Shona and and started to, the gospel work there. And I was just tremendously encouraged by all the trials that he managed to overcome hmm. and uh, through malaria i think he he got his wife uh via the, the church back home that encouraged people to 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 have correspondence with a missionary on the field and i think he met his wife uh, via via letters and only saw her for the first time when she when uh, when she came uh, for for the marriage, but just a a, a tremendous tremendous example of 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 God's faithfulness. He was 
to seek to complete these theological studies, but uh, God preserved his life well into his 90s. Wow. So humanly speaking, he should not have been able to to do what he did and 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 still did, did a tremendous work. So uh, I've, I've really been encouraged by... Can you get that book in English? Or do, what, can you say the name one more time? Uh, a, a Low of Morgenster. Okay. So I'm not sure if it's in English. I have no idea how I would spell that. We'll have to, I'll have to get that from you <laughs> via text for the notes. But sure. um, we, we need to conclude uh, our, our conversation, our time together today. Would, would you guys be willing to just share maybe a couple ways that uh, Henson can be praying for you? I know that's a question we pretty much ask you every time, I hope that you guys come back and visit, but in anything that would be good prayer requests? I think um, since we are really living in uncertain times, it's it's easy to depend on human wisdom as to how you should conduct yourself and organize the work um, instead of looking, looking to Christ. Um, so I think just a prayer for faithfulness and for wisdom we we need to dis, uh, distinguish uh how far do do we obey the government uh, and 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 obey christ and it's not always as as straightforward and as simple as one one would like it to be mm. That's a way you could pray for us here too, <laughs> but I'm sure in, there's uh, n different complexities being under that government. Yeah, mm. uh, they they are restricting the church more and more. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so, I think even for ourselves, part of the uncertainty is uh, the government is making it more and more difficult for missionaries to get work permits just to be in the country mm. so uh, they can close that door on us at any time so to to have the wisdom to spend our time wisely to capacitate the local leaders to uh, to to focus uh, strongly on the gospel so that even even if we need to leave, and even if we need to leave in Ari, uh, what is has been established in the hearts of people will continue. Hmm. Um, I think that's uh, that's a, a, a big uh, concern, and I think then just for for perseverance, for hmm. faithfulness, mm -hmm. um, these these trials and difficulties sometimes grind a little bit on you and uh, it's uh, to to not lose your your zeal to to go out and get to the unreached because of uh, all the dangers involved in that but to go because that's what Christ is asking of you I think for that kind of perseverance uh, you can always pray we can proclaim the gospel as we should amen well we will certainly be praying for those things thank you guys so much for 
for taking the time to have this conversation. So good to, to see you all. It's been great to have you here for a little bit longer over the last... Uh, when did you guys... Well, Carol, you arrived in October, or did you guys both come in? We both came sort of late, late October. Late October. So it's been been great seeing you around Henson, and you have a few a few more weeks left here before you, you head back home. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you.